This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Part four of Hope. We're jumping right in. I hope, no pun intended there, but I hope that this encourages you today. Um, and I'm really going to teach you here today. This I'm going to teach you, but also this is about teaching, okay? And how hope comes from um, the Word of God, okay? And so that's what we're talking about, how much we need the Word of God, okay? In all its forms, meaning obviously, primarily the written Word, the Bible, the Scripture, um, preached word, taught word, prophetic word, um, you know, what, however that word, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit, but the word of God, okay? It's, there's so much about the word. It's literally our source, okay? And so when you're speaking of hope, um, hope comes from the word of God, the word of the Lord, okay? So that's what we're talking about today. That's it. Okay, straight up, we talk about the word. Okay, so let's do this. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray that we find hope in it today. That we uh, receive hope from it. In the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said amen. All right, let's turn in our Bibles, okay? I'm going to share a couple verses. And then we're going to go to Mark chapter 4, Okay. And we're going to literally just be in, we're going to just be in Mark 4 together and read through some of that. Um, and so, but let's start out with Romans chapter 15. Let's start with Romans chapter 15 and uh, verse 4. Okay. And speaking of hope and, and just where do we find hope? Okay. Um, in, in a very practical way, in a way that is literally at our fingertips. Okay. Um, so here we go. Romans 15 verse 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope through the scriptures. Okay. Through the scriptures. All right. Now, Paul here is specifically speaking of speaking to the church in Rome. And he's specifically speaking of the uh, the Old Testament because that was the literal context we, he was in. And not only did the early church Christians, but also the Hebrew tradition he comes from, they believed that the Old Testament was the Word of God. Okay, it was the the it was canonized. It was declared and honored and they accepted it as the absolute authority of God's word. Okay. So, but he's saying here, um, this is where we find hope. Let me read the last part of that verse again, that through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, scriptures here is capitalized. Okay. So it's not just religious documents. It is recognized as the scripture, the word of God. Okay, so once again, we were we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might 
have hope. All right? So hope comes from the word of God. All right? Uh, another verse here. Um, Psalm 119, uh, verse 49 and 50. All right? Psalm 119, verse 49 and 50. Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. Upon which you've caused me to hope. Remember, here it is. Somebody say the word. Say it again. Say the word. Okay, now you, the, the psalmist is praying. He's talking to God. And he's saying, remember the word to, to your servant. Upon which you've caused me to hope. Okay? So the word, whatever God had told this person, right? It's saying here that the word is, um, is how God causes us to hope. It's, it's how God gives us hope. I'm here to tell you right now, and I know we know this, okay? We got, we got believers here watching this. We got people walking with Jesus, Christ followers, a part of this service today. And I know, we all know, it, it goes without saying, right? In a sense, I'm preaching to the choir, uh, right? But let me just reiterate that we need the word of God. We need the word of the Lord. We need the scripture. We need to read it. We need to meditate on it. We need to know it. We need to memorize it. We need to be open. When somebody comes to you and says, man, uh, you know, and somebody speaks to you, and it's like God is speaking through them prophetically, or they're maybe just saying, hey, God really placed this on my heart for you, or God gave me this scripture. And I'm not just saying anybody that says that, it equates to the word of the Lord. But what I'm saying is that when it is um, an unction of the Holy Spirit, an anointing on somebody, and they, they got a word for you, or you, you're sitting under the teaching of God's word, you're sitting under the preaching of God's word, you're being fed the word, I am telling you, if we uh, partake of God's word, we will not be in want of hope, because it's literally in the word. It literally comes from the word. It's where, it's where we might have hope. It's through the scripture, okay? And so once again, Psalm 119, verse 49, I gotta read the whole verse now. Verse 49, remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. All right, verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction. Somebody say hope. What, what is the word? The word of God, what God has said what God has placed on your heart, what revelation God has given you, where God is leading you, what he's called you to do, what he's um, encouraged you about, whether it's through your little devotional time, you got your little devotional, through your prayer time, through a dream, a vision, what, however it comes, the word of God comes to us in different ways. Primarily, the number one way is going to be through the written word, all right? It's literally, in our hand. It's literally in our phone, okay? Like it is right there. And I am telling you, we must stir in us a fresh hunger for God's word. Why? Because hope is always there. You will find hope, okay? You, you, hope is there, okay? Because obviously we talked about this, I think, a few weeks ago, but he's the God of hope. And so his word is full of hope, all right? Once again, verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction. For your word 
Your word has given me life. Your word has given me life. Hallelujah. So check it out. If we find hope from the word. Okay, here's my question. Um, and then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to just, um, I'm going to meet you over in Mark chapter four in just a second. But if we find hope, that, that conviction that God is going to come through, that knowing that this situation is going to turn around. Like I am not in this forever. I've read God's word. It says, you know, for instance, he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What God began, he will finish. Man, I got hope. I got hope, right? I got hope, you know? Uh, and whatever, that's just a, a particular verse, right? And, and, and there's plenty of other verses. There's 66 books, or maybe it's uh, some sort of word God gave you. Maybe he spoke to you some way right, by the Holy Spirit, and, and you're like, man, I got a word from God. And it says here, man, that verse 50 of Psalm 119, this is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. So if we find hope from the word, how then must we steward the word that we hear, okay? So this is why it is so important. This is why, obviously, the word of God is so important. And, and how we steward it is so important. How we respond to the voice of God is so important. How we steward, how we nurture, how we take care of, how we uh, keep, hold on to, stay faithful to the word of God is so important. All right. So that's what we're going to talk about now. We're going to talk about this. How must I steward the word that I hear? All right, so let's do this, guys. Meet me here. Mark chapter four, starting in verse one. Mark chapter four, verse starting in verse one. And again, he began to teach by the sea and a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. This is also... Um, uh, Matthew also gives an account of this. I believe it's Matthew chapter 13. Um, verse two of Mark four, then he taught. Um, say that with me, say he taught. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching. Somebody say teaching. I think the, uh, the King James says in his doctrine, okay? And so th this is so important. Um, obviously the context here, we're reading it. This is just a narrative of Jesus teaching from the Sea of Galilee to multitudes. His disciples are there as well, but there's a multitude of people. And so um, he gets into a boat and he's kind of uh, out in the water and folks are just a multitude of people are on the shore there and listening to him teach, listening to him teach. And so I, I want to give you the, the Greek definition of this word. It's, it's the... It's the um, uh, the Greek word means this. Um, it's where we get the word didactic, okay? It's, it's a Greek word. It means cause to learn. So I just want to emphasize this, and then we're going to get into what he taught, okay? But just, I, I want to share with you here that um, 
It's so important that we're taught the word of God uh, for many reasons, okay? But this word, didactos or didactic, just teaching, it's where we get the word doctrine, is very prevalent in the scripture, okay? It is so important to be taught. Like if you just think about any other field in this natural world, like education is paramount. Like you, you can't. You can't go into certain fields without being taught, right? Many fields, right? Like, you know, you, you, you got to have a degree. You got to be educated in that, right? And so how much more, how much even more important? And I wouldn't necessarily say more, but what I mean by more is how, if, if we're going to give our life to be educated on the intellectual level so that we can provide for our family and earn a living, and to just achieve something in this world, how much more important, how much important, how important it is, right? That, that your that for your spiritual condition, that, that you are taught, that, 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 that you are taught the word, right? And as we just read there, just how much, how one of the huge things that comes from the word, being taught the word is hope. Okay, and so Jesus took the time to teach people, all right? He was a teacher. People recognized him as an authoritative teacher, okay? And so it means to cause to learn. It means to instruct. It means to impart knowledge. It means to disseminate information. So Jesus sat, and obviously he didn't just teach the multitudes, but he taught even more in depth with his disciples. And so I just want to say this, teaching is so important. And this is why, here's the first point for today. First point, um, God, sorry, good teaching produces hope. Okay, and what I mean by Bible teaching, okay? If, if, if we are taught in a healthy way, it's going to produce hope. Um, just like being taught in the field of accounting, it's going to give you confidence in the field of accounting. Right. If you are taught, you have confidence because you're going to know how the whole system of accounting works. If if you, um, you know, uh, pursue an education, uh, uh, you know, as medical doctor, psychologist, psychiatrist, um, whatever, whatever it might be, um, that being taught in that field. Right. Learned and trained produces a confidence. So how much more being taught the word will it give us confidence in spiritual things and hope for the future, okay? Once again, folks, good teaching produces hope, okay? Good Bible teaching will produce hope in us. It will excite the God of hope in us, all right? So so let's move on here. So he's teaching. This is what he teaches them. Let's go here. Mark chapter four, starting at verse three. I'm gonna read to verse nine, okay? And so here he goes. He says, listen. So he's teaching them here. Uh, Behold, a a sower went out to sow, and it it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside. And the birds of the air came and devoured it. Verse five. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately, it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. Verse six, when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, 
it withered away. Verse 7, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked, choked it, and it yielded no crop. Verse 8, but other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay? So Jesus is now teaching these parables. This is uh, the parable of the seed and, and the sower. Okay? And so he goes on to talk about, um, just a few verses after this, he goes on to talk about how, um, how some will hear, but they won't perceive. Okay? And he, he talks about, he's talking about parables. And he's like, hey, parables are given uh, so those that perceive will understand. So he's saying the parable is, is a story, but there is this deeper spiritual meaning behind it. Okay? But he's teaching. Okay? And so this is kind of really the meat of what we wanted to get to today. All right? So let's go to verse 13 now. So Mark chapter 4, I'm going to read verse 13 to 15. But before, before I read that, I want to share that this, these, what we're going to talk about now are enemies of hope. Okay, and these things, these, these issues, these particular things that we're going to read about right here in Mark 4, um, they're enemies of, of, of maybe a lot of spiritual things, okay? Enemies of our spiritual growth, enemies of getting closer to Jesus, enemies of, of just walking with the Lord. But, but being that, um, as, we, as we're going to talk about this and talk about the word and how these things will rob us of the hope that God is trying to get to us through his word. Okay. Now we all have to deal with this stuff. We, there's nobody that is just exempt from having to, you know, go through some spiritual fight if you will, like a spiritual battle. There's no believer that does not encounter any type of warfare in this, in this, in this aspect of what we're going to talk about. Okay. So this is what we're going to talk about. I just want to, I'm going to encourage you here in your faith, encourage you in your walk with God. And we're going to expose some things, some, some ways we approach the word of God that are, that are the very enemies of the hope that God is trying to stir in us and awaken in us through his word and his Holy Spirit, okay? So here we go. So he's now going to, um, Jesus is just going to uh, kind of reveal what this parable is really about, okay? So here we go. Mark chapter four, verse 13. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Verse 14, the sower sows the word. Say this with me, folks. Say, I need the word. Say it with me again. Say, say I need God's word. The sower sows the word. Verse 15, and these are the ones by the wayside. The seed fell on the wayside where the word is sown, fell by the wayside where the word is sown. So the word is sown and 
it falls to the wayside. Okay? Um, and, and he describes here what, what this looks like. When they hear the word, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So it's by the wayside, okay? So the word is sown, that it's saying here that these people hear the word, but it's on the wayside. It, it, it's on, and, and the wayside in this, at this, culturally speaking at this time, that's where people walked, where people trampled down and seeds can't go, be, go into that type of ground, it's too hard. And so, um, this type of seed, this seed in this environment did not produce hope in the individual. So here is the enemy of hope in this context. And it is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use two different words, but it's ignorance and carelessness. Okay, the wayside. Why? Uh, in, in the book of Matthew, it says that they did not understand. Okay. They did not understand. All right. And in and, and, and the, and, um, the Old Testament, it says, you know, like in Proverbs, and all you're getting, get understanding. And so what is this saying? That this person is in, think about this now. They're in an environment where they hear the word, but they don't really receive it. It's planted. Um, they're hearing it. Maybe even they're reading it. Okay. The, the seed is planted. But it's not, it's like we don't, we're not grabbing a hold of it. And I believe we're all guilty of this at times. That that maybe, maybe too, like the ignorance, the carelessness, maybe it's not received. It's just kind of, eh, you know, it's over there. You know what? I already know that. You know what I mean? I don't need that. Um, you know what I mean? Like, and and I think we must take the word of God seriously. I think this one right here it just tells me that. When word falls by the wayside, we're not grabbing a hold of it. We're, we're kind of in an environment where we hear the word, but we're being very passive about it. And may, maybe if we're honest, right? Maybe there's a little pride there. Like, oh, I'm good. I don't need to really grab a hold of that. I don't need to take notes. You know what I mean? I already know that verse. Or, you know, it's fall by the wayside. It's not, it doesn't produce anything. It does, it's not planted. It's, it's sown. It's, 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 it's sown. But, but it doesn't take root. So, so what, what is my encouragement to us? And I'm talking about hope now because we just read, you know, in Psalms and Romans that that's where we find hope. And many times we as believers are lacking hope because if we're honest, maybe we're a little careless when, when the word's preached. Maybe we're a little too familiar. And we, 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 we're out, maybe, we've been, maybe we've been in church too much or been around church too much or too familiar to where... We don't really value. And I'm not saying you can't be around God too much, but you know what I mean? Meaning we're, it's just familiar. We don't, we're not really valuing the word. It's fallen by the wayside, right? So, so let's be attentive. Let's be present when God's word is taught. Let's be present when God's word is preached. Let's be present when we're reading our devotional. Let's be present when God is speaking to us, right? Let's not allow the word. We're talking about the word now. To just go on the wayside. It's like careless, not valuing it. And it says, and, and, and maybe it's stretching us. Maybe we don't understand it, but maybe that's saying, hey, lean into it and learn. 
Maybe, maybe it just doesn't capture us. Maybe it, maybe it doesn't make us feel good. So we're like, oh, you know, just whatever. Just put it over there. I don't really need it. Right? Come on, somebody. Right? We don't want the soil of our heart to be hard ground, the wayside. Right? And it says that the devil comes and steals it. And so this is, this is what we got to understand, folks. We got to take the word of God seriously. And, and there is warfare around the word. Okay, the devil does not want the word of God planted on your heart and he will come and try to steal it. And if we're careless and we have this nonchalant, passive approach towards the word of God, I am telling you, the devil will steal it. Come on now, we gotta grab a hold of that word. We gotta be aggressive with that word. We gotta grab a hold of it. We gotta, as Paul said in Philippians, lay hold of that which has laid hold of me. So don't allow the devil to steal God's word from your heart. That's what's happening here in this, in this, as, as Jesus is talking about this. So we've all heard the word at times and we were complacent with it. If we're honest, okay, I'll be honest. There have been times where the word of God and I, I didn't, I didn't, tr I treated it as common by the wayside. And as a result of that did not produce fruit in my life. Okay. So we, 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 where we're complacent with it or, or we didn't honor it as we should have and we lost it as a result, okay? Because the devil came and stole it. So it wasn't accepted. It was sown, but it wasn't accepted, okay? It's by the wayside on the hard ground. And so check this out. Let's read this here quickly. First Thessalonians 2.13. I told you I was just gonna hang out in Mark 4, but I forgot about this verse and I wanna read it. First um, Thessalonians 2.13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Here we go. Look at this. Look at this. This really ties into what we're talking about. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. So because they received it, they valued it. Check it out. These, these believers in Thessalonica, that word did not fall by the wayside because it says it effectively worked in them because they valued it. They said, no, man, this is the word of God. I'm going to take it. I'm going to receive this word of truth from God, even though it was from and through somebody else, it was from God and we received it. And as a result of the value and the honor of the word of God, it was effectively working in these believers. Hallelujah. All right, there we go, guys. All right, uh, say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I don't want to be ignorant and I don't want to be careless concerning your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go to the next one. Mark chapter four, verse 16. Let's look at this other type of soil. All right, Mark four sixteen. These are enemies of hope. 16 and 17, uh, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. So the first one is hard, trampled down the wayside. But this was stony, okay? When they heard the word, immediately received it with gladness. Oh, hallelujah, I got a word, praise the Lord. Nothing wrong with being excited about the word, nothing wrong with being glad when you receive it, but here we go. Verse 17, and they have no root in themselves, 
and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Here's enemy of hope. Here's an enemy of hope. And this is what it is. It is the lack of spiritual depth. Okay? Or, and I, I, I didn't want to make the point so long because that's a lot of words already. But once again, you know, enemies of hope, one of them, lack of spiritual depth. depth. Or let's say it this way. Um, maybe the enemy is just an unwillingness to allow God to go deeper. Okay, because it says, man, they had no root in themselves and it only endured for a time. And so another way to say this, an enemy of hope, another way to say it is that there was, they were shallow. Uh, this kind of stony ground is shallow. It, 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 it's, it's a shallow spirituality. It's be, and shallow, how do we know this? Because it says no root, okay? No depth. And they receive it and they're immediately happy. But when they start going through something, it's not there. It's just on the surface. It doesn't go deep. The stones, hardness of heart, keeping um, the individual from developing spiritual depth. Okay, so this is the enemy of hope. Um, when we do not allow God to go deeper than where we are now, I am telling you, it's miserable. We, we must continue to allow God to go deep in us. So here we go. Let me just read from my notes to really kind of just share this with you. Here it is. The, the proof that we've received the word, truly received it, is not in our immediate response. Even if that response is expressed in positive excitement. Okay? And it doesn't mean that positive excitement is bad. It's just not a, an indicator that the word has truly been received yet. Somebody say, amen. All right. How many people after I preach? You know, some people, maybe not a lot. They'll say, man, that was a great word. Hallelujah. Um, I hope you say that when you go through your next trial. <laughs> right? Come on now. I, I would never say that to anybody, but this is the kind of the idea here with this. is An enemy of hope is an unwillingness to go deeper in God. Okay, here it is. Depth is not the result of being even open to spiritual things or inclined to spiritual activity. Because sometimes we look at people that might seem more spiritual because of their propensity to be open to the spirit realm or spiritual activity. But that's not spiritual depth, okay? That's just openness to spiritual things, okay? And so... Sometimes openness to spiritual things can actually be demonic. I know plenty of people that are not saved and do not have the Holy Spirit, but they are open to spiritual things. That does not equate to true spiritual depth in Christ, okay? So um, true spiritual depth is that we are deeply rooted in the word of Christ, okay? True spiritual depth is this. It's the result of hearing the word and then being faithful to that word through the troubles that life brings. Once again, enemies of hope, lack of spiritual depth. It's the seed, is, the word is heard, the seed is, is sown, but it's got stony ground. We gotta be like, Lord, 
Whatever it is, God, that's in the way of me being open and willing to allow your word to penetrate my heart, to allow that sword of the spirit to go deep, to allow that kind of inner work of the Holy Spirit, the, the Jesus, the, 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 the great physician to do his surgical work on my soul. I am telling you right now, I know way too many Christians that have put the brakes on God wanting to do a deep work in them and they are in want of hope because hope comes from that word. Like the Bible says um, that it is the engrafted word that is able to save our soul. Like this word, we gotta allow God's word, his voice, the, the, the Holy Spirit to have his way in us. Lord, whatever stones, pride, fear, insecurity, whatever, whatever it is, whatever stone is in the way of God's word taking root in us. So when we go through the drama, when we go through the trial, when we go through the troubles in life, we can stay rooted. And like, just as I read this, this verse here, Psalm 119 verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction for your word has given me life. Hallelujah. All right, say this with me. Say, Jesus, I wanna go deeper. Say this with me. Say, Lord, I invite you to go deep into every aspect of who I am. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. Here's the next ground. Enemies of hope, folks. Mark chapter four, verse 18 and 19. Now these are the ones sown among the thorns. So first you got the wayside, right? Careless, ignorant, not understanding. Then you got stony ground, no root, shallow, lack of spiritual depth. And then you got thorns in the heart, okay? Thorns represent cursed things, worldliness, okay? That, the, the, you know, Jesus received a crown of thorns on his head, okay? So he was cursed for us so that we might become the righteous of God in him. He was cursed so we can be blessed. But issues of the heart here now. Here is a person hearing the word, and yet there's still worldliness, some kind of thing that is not of God in the human heart, all right? And so let's read the verse, and then I'll share exactly what we're talking about here and how I've worded it here for the sake of this, this message. But now these are the ones, verse 18 again, now these are the ones sown among thorns, they are the ones who hear the word and verse 19 and the cares of this world, this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things, the desires for other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So here is an enemy of hope and it is mixture. It's mixture in the heart. 
And like I said before, we all have some type of mixture. Like none of us are without human nature. None of us have somehow arrived and we no longer deal with stones, no longer deal with wayside, the wayside of the heart, like, you know, the heart of ground. Nobody, no human being is ever going to graduate from needing to tend to the soil of the heart. Okay, so this is not a, this might be a challenging word, and I hope it is, because um, it is challenging to me. I might be preaching it, but I got to I gotta uh, eat the very meal that I'm serving. Come on, somebody, right? And so I want to say this to you. Like, I think sometimes uh, the church has done a disservice because whether we realize it or not, I think at times we have we've not allowed people to be human. And we need to be challenged. But at the end of the day, the one doing the challenging, in this context, it's me, right? Uh, but yeah, I am still human as well. And so the challenge stands, like right? But then again, we must know and accept that, hey, this is every believer's fight. We are all in a warfare. Like, think about this. Like, think about the... You know, I think sometimes we take it too lightly when God's word is preached or taught. We, we don't realize that the devil literally is trying to steal this. He's trying to choke it. He's trying to steal it. And he's trying to, he's trying to keep it from getting, uh, going, taking root. Look at this. I mean, the, the word is heard and instantly there are enemy forces at work. Understand the value of the word. The devil hates the word of God. He hates the scripture. He hates prophetic utterances. He hates it when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. He hates it when God speaks to you through other people. The devil hates it when he's, when God speaks to you through dreams and visions. I'm telling you, all right, this is so important. So enemy of hope is mixture. As I said, the devil hates the word of God and all of its forms and all of its vehicles. He, he hates it. When somebody has a word for you, the devil hates it when you're, when you sit under the word of God, the devil hates it when you listen to a podcast of the word of God, it is the word being sown and he is there. He's waiting. He's trying to steal it. He's trying to keep it from taking root. And right here, he's trying to choke it. Come on, somebody. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, um, stir up our, our, our honor and our value for the word. Why? Because that is where God causes us to hope. It's through his word. It's through his word. I'm telling you, if you're reading your word, you're listening to the word, you're going to go through things. The devil is going to try to steal that word. But I'm telling you that hope will come alive in you. Why? Because that's the, that is the very nature of God. It is in his word. When you read how God works. You start to learn how God operates. You start to learn how God leads people. You start to see, you start to learn. You're taught the word of God. It's going to produce hope. When you're taught the word of God, when you have your own Bible study, have your, I mean, and, 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 and the Holy Spirit is so amazing. He just leads us through different things. He's having, he has a study certain things and read certain things. And, you know, um, God is having me, uh, over the last year or so, just kind of looking more at the big picture of God's word and certain 
the cultural context of God's word and 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 the, and the, and the uh, just the geography and 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 what was going on in the world at that time, like all of that. It's like I'm just studying God's word. It's just this new, fresh thing that God's doing in me. And right now, my wife is talking about how she's reading the Book of Acts and and it's just speaking to her. And God's so so listen to Holy Spirit um, because He knows exactly what you need to be studying and, 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 and what is stirring you up, what is speaking to you. I'm telling you, um, believer, let, let's, let's up our value and our honor for the word of God. Why? Because it's the word of God, but also it's the source of hope for us. And it's how we're gonna bear fruit, folks. It's truly how we're gonna bear fruit. And if you see in this too, just how the enemy attacks in different ways when that word is sown. Somebody say amen. So here we go. I'm almost done. The issues of a heart that we don't deal with before God will kill the hope that God is trying to awaken in us. When I say awaken, I just mean Holy Spirit within us. I'm telling you, the word of God in us is going to produce hope. And the issues of our heart must be dealt with. Those things that would try to choke. And so... Um, here's the, what the word cares means, because it says one of the things is the cares of this world. And this word care is um, merimna, merimna in the Greek, and it means to divide. It comes from a word that means to divide, okay? So anxiety just divides and fragments our insides. You know, that's, that's, that's cares, anxiety, okay? And here we go. Um, means dividing and fracturing a person's being into parts, okay? So we need the word of God. We, we, we need this. So here we go. My last um, thing I'm just gonna read from my notes and then I'm gonna pray. So, so let's take this seriously. Let's look at this now. That these are the thorns that choke the word that is sown in your heart. It's an enemy of hope. These are enemies of hope. There are anxieties, lies and desires that fight against the word of God inside of us. And if we're honest, we all have a human nature. These are things we must be aware of. We must tend to the soil of the heart, right? Like we got plants on our patio and, and, and we got different types of plants. This is something my wife initiated, but, but now she's involved the whole family in this. And so we're watering plants and we're repotting plants and all this. And one of the main plants we get is succulents because they don't require as much care. You know what I mean? Um, but if you don't care for them, they still, you know, they need to be cared for, right? And so just think about that, like just plants or maybe you have grass, or some type of dirt somewhere, plant at your home. And if you don't tend to it, it it's, it's gonna get bad. There's times when we had to change soil because what, you know, the soil was bad and we had to literally repot. We had to take the dirt out. It was attracting certain little creatures. And we're like, what's going on here? So we had to cl literally clean out the soil. So let me encourage you today. Tend to the soil of the heart. Tend to the soil of the heart. And, and watch hope come alive like never before. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for everybody here today. And I pray that they do just that. That they would tend to the soil of their heart. God, that they would deal face on in the name of Jesus with any enemy 
of the word of God, any enemy of hope. And I pray that hope is stirred in them. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.